Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, usually only about 13, 14 minutes, but it keeps us in God's Word. That helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing God's Word, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so when we are in these studies every day, that's just continually renewing the strength of our faith. But it also helps keep us more focused on a relationship with God and living closer to Him. So help somebody in your life. You know people who need to grow in their faith and become more focused in their spiritual lives. Help them by sharing these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. What a great blessing it will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. And here's how we have basically titled this. Sunday's coming. Are you? Now, that first would probably be somewhat puzzling to a lot of people to just ask to make that first statement and then follow it up with the question, Sunday's coming. Are you? They'd have to stop and think, and you might even have to explain it to them, to a lot of people, because... When you're talking about coming together as the Lord's church to worship God, to study his word, to be in fellowship together, to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior through the Lord's Supper each Sunday, each first day of the week, each Lord's Day, uh, that's really not in a whole lot of people's head. Yeah, just not, not in their frame of thinking. They, they're not they're not people who go to church, even though many of them would say, well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Many of them would claim to be Christians, but going to church services every Sunday, nah, not even in their thoughts. Now, a whole lot of other things could be in their thoughts, like football, golf, baseball, barbecue, sleeping in, taking a trip, you know, but going to church services, nah, not in their head. Well, a lot of people, they think, as long as I believe in God, as long as I believe in Jesus, that's good. I'm, I'm there. I'm okay. That's all I need. What about the church? Well, I don't need the church. Why? Well, you know, I, I, I don't believe you have to be a part of formal religion. And besides, it's boring. Really? Really? Have you put yourself into it? Have you studied God's Word? Do you continue to study God's Word? You talk about an exciting read? <laughs> That's the Bible. All kinds of different characters and all kinds of different situations. History unfolding before our eyes. We're talking about ancient history, but pointing to eternal time. You talk about, again, an exciting read? That's the Bible. How much have you read it? How much do you know about it? Do you know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Could you name even four books in the New Testament? How about maybe four books in the Old Testament? You see, a lot of people would come up blank when you start asking them those questions. Why do you not think the church is important? Do you understand that Jesus died on that cross? Partly, in fact, central to his death on that cross was to establish the church on this earth. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, he told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church 
and the gates of Hades, or the power of death, will not prevail against it, will not keep it from having been established. Dying on the cross, and the Jewish leadership thought they'd shut him up finally, took him out of the picture. But no, he arose from that tomb three days later, and the church was established on this earth, on Pentecost, just just 50 days after his crucifixion. Just think about that. Now, that's how important. First, first also understand he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So the church belongs to Christ. As we read in First Corinthians, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, and again, verse 24, the church is described as identified as being the body of Christ. You don't think the church is important? You don't think you need to be a part of it? 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, it is described in three different ways as the church of the living God, as the house of God, and as the pillar pillar and ground of the truth. You think the church isn't important in your life? Or you think the church should not be important in your life if it is not yet important? Think about that. Jesus went on in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19, and he told Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, back in verse 18. And then he said in verse 19, and you're going to be Peter. That's going to be your known name, your common name now. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, what did he mean by the kingdom there? He's talking about the church. That's the immediate context. The previous verse, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He simply uses a different frame of reference in the next verse, verse 19, when he refers to it as the kingdom of heaven. And then as we noted, as we noted in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, the apostle Paul speaking to the church and of the church in Colossae, he says, we have been transferred into the kingdom, into the kingdom. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and transferred or conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's the church, the kingdom. You see, all of these lofty terms, all of these, these incredible frames of reference and identifying what the church is to us and should be, and you think you don't need the church, you need to think again. I want us to go back to Ephesians chapter 2, and I want us to look at verse, and, at, at verse um, 19, and then verse 21. In verse 19, we read, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, the household of God, he's talking about the church there. He's talking to members of the church there in Ephesus. In verse 21, he goes on and says, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. A holy temple in the Lord over and over again, and through several different frames of reference, we see the church 
being put forth as, as being so important and identified in such wonderful terms of description. And you think you don't need to be here on Sunday? Sunday's coming. Where will you be? It's interesting. Again, as I said, a whole lot of people, they think, ah, as they would put it, quote unquote, going to church is not, not an important matter, something they don't need. Daniel Burke, CNN religion editor, wrote this. If American religion were traded at a stock exchange, your broker might be advising you to sell. Why would he say that? Because only 23% of Americans say they attend religious services weekly, that is, every week. 29%, by contrast, say they never attend. Huh. A whole lot of folks in our country, which some people would describe as a quote-unquote Christian nation, and I would I would take exception to that, that identity, but a nation where probably the vast majority of the, of the citizenship in this country would claim to be Christian, and yet here he found that more people, 6% more people say they never attend church services as opposed to only 23% of Americans who say they attend religious services weekly. Now, people give a whole lot of excuses for not attending. I understand that some people are physically or mentally handicapped and cannot get out of the home. They're basically confined to home. They're shut-ins, and so they can't be there. I realize also that there are some people who along the way, they may be regular attendees at church services each Sunday, but maybe they've gotten sick and they, they end up having to miss a Sunday or two, or maybe they've injured themselves in some way and they can't make it for a bit of an extended period, maybe a month or so. But we're talking about on a regular basis here. And so only, 29, only 23% of Americans say they attend religious services weekly, versus 29%, 29% more, in other words, who say they never attend. And so what are the excuses? Um, well, you just, <laughs> I'm not sure you could write a whole list, ever come up with all the excuses. Some people say they're mad. They're mad at somebody, or maybe they're just mad in general. I, I, I know of a man who said at one time he couldn't be, become a Christian because he hated somebody. And you can't hate somebody if you're, if you're a Christian. Well, the problem was with him, not with the other person. Some people say they're mad. Some people say they're mad at the church because of something they think the church did or did not do that they thought it should have done or should not have done. Or maybe they, they look at, at members of the church, some of them, and they say there's hypocrites in that church. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to be a part of the church because there are some hypocrites in there? They're human beings. You think you might be a hypocrite? What about all those people out in the world that you're going to be surrounded by 
if you're not going to be a part of the church? You think none of them are hypocrites? Of course, a whole lot more hypocrites surround you outside of the church than from within. So many excuses. Some say they're sad for one reason or another. Some have thought they're, they're too bad to be good. They've lived such an unrighteous life. I've run into people like this. They've lived such an unrighteous life. They say, I, God doesn't want me. God, God cannot forgive me. Some feel like they've been had in some way. They've, they've gone to a particular church and they found out that they were teaching false doctrine. Or maybe they, they, they thought all they care about is money. All kinds of excuses come up. God wants to make them glad. We need to understand that. What did David say again? David say again, Psalm 122 and verse 1, I was glad when they told me, let's go into the house of the Lord. We're going to look deeper next time. And hopefully, prayerfully, we're going to blow away one by one all of these excuses that people make for not being with the church, not being a part of the church, not coming together to worship God with the church each Sunday. Sunday's coming. What about you? Let's pray. Father, help us to be dedicated and please guide us in your way. Help us to be the example of the church that comes together to worship you and serve you every Sunday. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.